0: This episode is brought to you by the National Jewish Retreat. Join the 14th Annual National Jewish Retreat in Washington, D.C. from August 13 to 18, 2019. Check it out at jretreat.com and enter the code JLP at checkout to receive $50 off. And yes, I will be there. Head over to jretreat.com and enter JLP at checkout. Jewish Latin Princess, episode 101, Margie Scherer, Torah educator and creator of LiveAlittleHigher.com.
1: You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Ya'el. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Ya'el herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast, and now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host,
0: Yael. What happens when two Jewish Latin princesses get together behind the mic? We assumed we'd make a party, and yes, there was much laughter and celebration, but true to our Latin roots, there were some tears as well. We Latins feel those emotions. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess, I'm Yael Trush, your host. I have Margie Scherer on the show. Margie is a Torah educator for many years, originally from Colombia, then transplanted to Miami, and most recently to New York City, where we met. She's the creator of Live a Little Higher, an amazing online platform of Torah learning where you can access everything from the weekly Torah per- portion to Jewish mysticism to classes on ethics of our fathers, on marriage, on trust in God, parenting, so so much. And of course, the celebration of Jewish life continues on to Instagram, where she has a page with the same name, Live a Little Higher. Margie and I connected first in the online world, and then during my latest trip to New York, I surprised her at one of her Torah classes in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I just showed up. Unannounced, (laughs) Our mutual friend Nikki Schreiber, whom you might remember from episode 55, she's a creator of Humans of Judaism. Um, She thought that that would be a good idea, and it was. We had a great time. So Margie tells us today how she became a Torah educator. But before that, or uh, as you'll hear today, it was actually very much in tandem with that, how she became a Torah observant Jew. And so we go through that fascinating journey, one she definitely was not planning on, the role of her husband in all of this. Margie reminds us that marriage is a partnership in every sense of the word. How does Margie define a joyful, richer Jewish life? Daily habits that keep Margie nourished, connected, grounded. There are spiritual ones, but then there's a super surprising one. I mean, it wasn't surprising to me because, well, I get her, we're very similar people, but I was very happily surprised that she brought it up on the show. So listen carefully. And of course, hear us cry. After all, we're Latin. All right, ladies, here we go. Here's the lovely Margie Scherer. Margie Scherer, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess.
1: Hi, Jael.
0: I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that we got together. I mean, what happens when two Jewish Latin princesses get together like this?
1: (laughs) They make a party.
0: A party. My husband would be running out of the room. He'd be scared. Margie, you are a Jewish educator who's been involved in teaching Torah for over a decade, leaving your mark all over Miami. And I'm not even sure how come we never crossed paths. We definitely meant to meet because we lived in similar places. And I'm pretty sure we lived in Miami also at the same time. But anyways, we ended up meeting in person in New York City, where you've migrated to most recently, and where you launched your newest project, which is Live a... a little higher, a platform where you post your videos on Parsha, on ethics of our fathers, on many, many Torah topics. You also have class those classes on your podcast by the same name, and you post daily on your Instagram page. I mean, all of that to say that you're extremely, extremely prolific. So before we get to today to live a little higher, let's take a few big steps back and and take us back to the beginning. I understand you grew up in Bogota, Colombia, not as a very the Torah observant Jewish woman, but you made the decision to move to Miami. And that kind of changed a lot of your life changed there. It's almost like you know how they say mission and mission and mazal, like you change your place of residence and your mazal changes. So something happened when you arrived in Miami. So t- walk us through that journey. What happened?
1: How did the transformation take place? Uh, well, yes, I was born actually in Medellin, in mm-hmm. Colombia, It's famous for not very. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and I grew up in Bogota where I met my husband and we got married and we lived there 11 years of our marriage. Uh, Bogota became a very complicated city with a lot of is- insecurity, kidnappings. Uh, this was in the uh, 1998. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly we decided no, we need to get out of here and uh, just move and give our kids a better place to grow up where they can be like more more like safer. Correct. And so we decided to move to, to move to Miami. We moved in uh, in June nineteen ninety eight. And um, I was a, I grew up in a in an American school. I went to an American school in Bogotá, Colegio Nueva Granada, which I love. Many of my friends did go there too. Yes, <laughs> I love that school till today. It's an amazing school, and I had the best childhood in that school. We were like a hundred kids in my class, from which thirty were Jewish kids. Mm-hmm. So I always grew up very like in a bubble. I had my Jewish friends, and. Um, and I met all types of people from everywhere. I grew up very like multicultural, but always knowing who I was and with a very firm Jewish identity and mm-hmm. very proud. Mm-hmm. The Colombian Jews are very proud Jews. Correct. And but we didn't have the the Torah aspect. It it was not there. Uh, I don't know why. It, it, it never got to Bogota. Now now it's growing more. Mm-hmm. And when we moved to Miami, I wanted to put my daughters in an American school because I had this very open-minded uh, mentality of you have to meet everybody, you have to know everybody, you have to be able to, to live as who you are in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, my husband moved six months before I did with the mm-hmm. children. He moved before because he was building a business. And he called me one day, it was January, and he said, I need to pay the um, the, the, the the school because we need to to reserve the spots for the girls, uh, and I need you to decide which school you want. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, okay, please go and look at this American school that I had thought about, and, uh, and he says, okay, I want to also go and look at the Jewish day school. Huh. <laughs> So he went to the two schools and he called me afterwards and he says, look, this is what I saw here and this is what I saw here. And I got a gut feeling. I had never felt this in my life. It was really in the middle of of my stomach. It was like a punch. And I said to him, "Eh, put them in the Jewish school. He says, what? Are you sure? You're crazy. This is not you. Are you sure? A hundred percent. I said, yes, yes, yes. Don't ask me again. Just put them in the Jewish school. They're going to a Jewish day school. So I, we enrolled them in the Hillel Jewish Day School in, in Miami, sure. in, in North Miami. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it really was wonderful. I thought all the kids in that school were religious kids. So I, put, I, I, I said, no, I have to make my home kosher because <laughs> I want the kids to come home and, and be able to play in my house and eat in my house. I had no idea what kosher really meant. So I started buying, uh, you know, like I wouldn't. I I looked for the OU in things. Right. I really didn't know very well, but a few years later, I I got more knowledge of it. And when we moved into our new home, I I called Rabbi Shai Amar from Golden Beach, and he came and he he taught me everything, and I made a full uh, kosher home. So that's how we began. It's funny because. The kids were, like, it's a very religious school, but the kids were not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, we became, we made a kosher home. And a year later, my oldest daughter was doing her bat mitzvah, again, Rabbi Amar. And my husband said to me, so what is, what religious thing is he going to do for the bat mitzvah? So I asked him, he says, well, we can do a havdalah service. It was a party for the children. hmm and I said to him, I have no idea what that is. He explained <laughs> it to me, I came home and it's very interesting. This was 2001, the year of uh, September 11. Mm-hmm. I came home and I said to my husband, he wants to do a Havdala service. So I had to explain to him what a Havdala service was. And then in parashal Lech Le that year, he comes to me on a Wednesday morning and he says to me, don't ask me why but I need to become Shomer Shabbat. Your husband? My husband. So he said to me, don't ask me why. He woke up on Wednesday. He said, but I need to become Shomer Shabbat. And don't ask me because I really don't have an answer. I don't know what it is. And Had uh, he been learning? Like had he been going? Yes, he's been learning all his life. He, he loves to learn. He's a learner. He, uh-huh. he, he, went to shul. he went to shul every Friday night. And then he started going on Saturdays. Uh, in the car. Right. right. And suddenly he woke up this Wednesday and he said to me, I need to become Shomer Shabbat. So I I come from a Sephardic background. My father, my father's mother, my grandmother came from Syria. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in our home, my mother always like she pampered my father a lot. So we're like the same style. So I said to him, "Okay, I'm not I'm not going to become Shomer Shabbat. I'm not ready for that, but I'll help you. It becomes Shomer Shabbat. I called again Rabbi Shai and he told me what to do, get a crock pot, the lights, the ovens, you can cook till this time, you cannot do this, you cannot, I have everything in a notebook that I wrote. Ay, <laughs> que so Yeah, <cute. laughs> I opened it up a few years ago, I started crying. With and uh, so I told my daughters, okay, so Shabbat is uh, dinner and lunch is at home with your dad, we're not going to leave him alone. And then afterwards you can do whatever you want. And, uh, and so like eight months later, I see this guy and he's having the time of his life. And I'm like this soccer mom, driving my kids all Saturday here, driving them there. And one day I looked at him and I said, you know what, this is crazy. Why am I don't take a day off too? This is not normal. And I said to my daughters, I'm also becoming Shomer Shabbat. So now you have to do on your own. I I cannot drive you anywhere. How and, How old are the girls at this point? At this point, my oldest one is almost thirteen. Mm-hmm. The the middle one is ten, and my little one is six. So let's not discount the
0: how hard it is for children at that age just to kind of like hear this. <laughs> okay, go
1: on. Okay, so I have a very good friend who went through the same process uh-huh. as me. And I, I, I called her up and I said, like, I'm in this point of my life. I don't know what to do. And she says, Margie, you give your daughters, but because of the age they have, uh-huh. you have to let them decide on their own. You, 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 in your house, you tell them the house is Shomer Shabbat. In your rooms, you can do whatever you want. If you want to have the TV on, you have to leave it in one channel, one volume, the whole Shabbat. You choose, but you have to respect the home. Uh, it's Shabbat, but in your rooms you can do whatever you want. And this is the way we went. And uh, eventually each one of them came to, to keep Shabbat and keep all the mitzvot. I have two mm-hmm. married daughters. They wear shaitals. They have beautiful families and, then, and they're all from.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, so part of, part of the
0: secret there was to put the boundaries, but not, but, but not engage in a, or try to avoid
1: a power struggle over this, right? Exactly. It was to put the boundaries and very important. We showed them a happy home. Yeah, exactly. A happy, happy room home. Right. That I think it's that they saw that and we really loved it and we really enjoyed it and, and we were happy parents.
0: Amazing, amazing. So, how does the transition into Jewish educator happen? Because okay, here you are, you're kind of new to this. Obviously, very quickly, I'm assuming that you became very excited, and to the point that you started te- not just learning but teaching. But 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 uh, connect the dots for us a little bit.
1: Okay, so I have a friend that is an incredible teacher. Her name is Vivian Perez. She's uh, very we have well- a mutual friend. I was going I to say the name because,
0: come on. She's very
1: well known <laughs> in Florida and Israel and everywhere she goes. And I used to go to her shiurim uh, every week. So did I. <laughs> and so maybe we were there together. I'm, I don't I'm telling know. you, we've crossed paths before. Yes. So she, she, she used to travel a lot. She still does. And every time she used to travel, she used to call me up and say, can you substitute for me? And I was like, "Nivia, how can I substitute for you? How can I give a Torah class? Like, I still wear blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I do this? So I, I started buying some skirts. And every time I would give her a, 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 one of her classes, I... I, start, I, I would wear my skirt and go like, you know, presentable. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day, one of the girls from my community, mm-hmm. she came up to me and she said, you know what, we're missing a Torah class on Shabbat. And I think the best person to do it is you.
0: So at this point, you weren't living in Ball Harbor. You, you weren't no, no, living no, by I Vivian. I haven't lived
1: in Bal Harbor. I lived uh-huh. in Harbor Islands, which is actually
0: in Hollywood. Right. Okay. Okay. So and- you would go to Vivian. She's an inspiration. She's pushing you a little bit. And then you get somebody to ask you, listen, step up to the plate. We need a Torah teacher. You could do it.
1: Yes, we need a, to- a Torah teacher. You can do it. I- we love how you talk. We love how you express yourselves. And I was in this growing moment of my life change and I guess that was inspirational for people around me and uh, so I said okay let's let's do it so I started doing this uh, parasha class every week every Shabbat afternoon for the women of Harbor Islands and uh, that went on and then they started calling me from different places to ask me if I could give shiurim so I go there's a place called K-Space in waterways Rabbi Yossi yeah. Merck and mm-hmm. he, like, he's with young uh, professionals. Uh, and so I used to go there and give a class in, at night for a parasha. And I used to give also a shalom bai class for young newlyweds, which was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. They used to come with their bellies, then they came with their babies. Mm-hmm. It was like a lunch and learn. It was such a beautiful class. And uh, I gave a, a Rosh Hodesh class once a month to another Sephardic group. And so on. I was giving seven classes a week in, in Miami.
0: So the transition to full-on Jewish observance is kind of happening in tandem with your growth as an educator. It's like as you're learning it, you're starting to live it yourself. And then it just evolved from there.
1: It's exactly that exactly that yes
0: so you decide you and your husband decide to move to new york city which i'm sure wasn't an easy decision on some fronts but 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 a valuable one so so what happened then
1: so what happened was that my my is my little daughter my little she's 22 Mm -hmm. but for me she's my baby she graduated high school and she was going to israel for a year i had at that time one daughter lives in panama and the other one lives here in New York with her, with her husbands and children. And at that moment I got like this crisis, like this emptiness syndrome. And I looked at the house, we had a beautiful big house. And I looked at my husband and I says, you know what? I don't think we should have this house anymore. I think it's outgrew us because the girls don't come so much. Like they come once or twice a year and we're traveling all the time. To visit them, and every time I used to come back, I like, had issues with the house. Like the, mm. the iguanas would get into my into <laughs> the ceiling, and I would come <laughs> and I find all the bricks in the of the, the the tiles of the ceiling on the in the swimming pool, <laughs> and it was, it was a disaster. So so I said, I think we should sell the house and get an apartment, a condo somewhere close to my mother. It I think it's better for us. So we went, we looked. We tell the children, we're going to buy this apartment. They're devastated. We're selling the house. And my son-in-law from New York, he says to me, but mommy, he calls me mommy, why would you move to an apartment, move to New York? We need you here. At that moment, my my daughter was uh, in nursing school in NYU, and she was pregnant with her first child. And uh, we looked at each other, and Roberto asked me, what do you think? And I says, you know what? For me, to be close to my kids is my dream if you want, if you can, I would, I would like to be closer to my kids. So he can, thank God he can. And that's what we did. We, it was really a a decision that we made in one second. Incredible. Incredible.
0: So you decide to move to your New York city. You don't have live a little higher as a plan. Um, but then you, I guess the demand people asked you and you decided, is that what happened? You asked you to l lo- you decided to launch because people were as- asking
1: for what you left behind? Both, both. What that was one part. The other one was that I came here and I started looking, uh, where I could teach, who could I teach? And nothing came up and nothing came up. And I was like, I'm going to dry myself if I don't teach because mm-hmm. It's, it's the air I breathe, and um, so one day I had like this this uh, this dream. I don't know what it was like. One aha moment in my life, like that gut feeling I had many years ago. And I asked my husband, "What do you think if I would do a, a website in which I would put every every week the the classes I used to give in Miami, like parasha? At that moment, was like parasha shalom Bite. And a happy, a happy living, happy uh, Hasidic approach to joy class, and he said to me, "You know what? It's a great idea. I love it." My husband is very, very, very computer savvy, and he loves all this um, technology. Mm-hmm. So really, it's the the perfect partnership. And so he said, okay, I love it. I love it. And I used to have, I already had the Instagram account going on, the Live a Little Higher. Mm-hmm. And we left the name because we love it. And, um, and that's how we began. And so I started with these three classes plus holidays and Rosh Hodesh. And, um, and that's how Live a Little Higher was born in the, in the internet
0: you know it's so beautiful to hear because it's it's not a solo project and your husband is not just highly supportive but he's highly involved, which it's it's an amazing thing. I actually it reminds me of my husband and I. People here on the show n- might not know, but my husband does so much of the behind the scenes of everything I do, from editing audio to editing my writing to brainstorming. I mean, there's he is part and parcel of everything. So, I, and I just think it's 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 an incredible thing. I don't necessarily see it often so it's refreshing for me to hear that that is that is the way it works for you guys in fact you'll hear something really really cute now I'm gonna share with you that when you and I first got introduced and I saw your website and I saw both of your about what you wrote right in the abouts it's you and it's your husband I sent it to my husband and I said reminds me of us ah. <laughs> and he sent a smile back very cute <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, you know yeah Marriage is a partnership. I always tell the girls I teach because after I came here, interestingly, after I made the, the website, I started getting students that want to come to my house and we learn on a one-on-one basis. I teach people over, over WhatsApp video in Bogota, in Panama, in different places of the world. And I also teach that class where you met me once a month in the Upper East Side to yes. all these young girls. So, Hashem just started bringing the people again you know it was but in truth if, if it was not for him for my husband I don't think I would be able to do all this he's he's half of it
0: yeah yeah we have to give those husbands a lot more credit they yes. really they really add so much to and yes. they and they push us to be a better version of ourselves yeah and of course we do the same for them hopefully <laughs> so
1: it's, it's true I think a marriage is uh, you want the other one to shine
0: 100% 100 100%, 100% and when
1: the other one shines you're shining too beautiful
0: Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Um, Margie, so when you, when you guys came up with this idea, how did you decide what was the thought process between English and Spanish? Because he, here we are, we're doing this, we're having this beautiful conversation in English by choice, because uh, the, the, I guess our both our audiences, the majority of them are, are in English, but I, I've had the same dilemma over the years. So I'm curious, how did you guys make
1: that choice? Well, I don't think it was even a choice. I Were guess, you
0: teaching mostly in Spanish in Miami? I guess no, I was assuming no. that. All my
1: oh, my class
0: English. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay.
1: Yes. And I've been asked by many people that I should do also Spanish on, on, on the live a little higher. Mm-hmm. It, it's more. I mean, uh, Torah anytime. I post once, once a week. And they asked me if I could do Spanish for them because it, it, there's a lag. Right, right. Right, 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 right.
0: I I have I actually have a Spanish end of my page like you can click on the button and it goes to Spanish but the truth is I don't I don't keep up with the content because it's just very hard for me to keep up with content in both languages and that's just my yeah. in my ideal world I would have it all in both languages but I don't know. Maybe but we'll it's get a project. this
1: project. It's a project it's something I have in my future goals. Right. Uh, something I, I I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah. Well, you you know what, let's try to put our heads together. Let's make this happen (laughs) together in some way. God willing, God willing, willing. Margie, I'm gonna ask you a question that I've been testing out with some listeners. I recently didn't ask it, but I really wanted to ask, uh, ask it more often. And here you go. So be my guinea pig. Okay. Um, You're one of the first. So here you go. What do you think is the meaning or to you for yourself? What do you What do you derive from the words living a joyful, richer Jewish life? What does that mean to you?
1: To me, it means that without the connection to God, without being connected to Hashem, really, you think you're living happy, but you're not. In my life experience from my previous life, let's call it, because really it's like two complete different lives, you cannot compare one with the other there's not even a comparison of 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 what you feel when you're when you're living a a a holy godly connected life to hashem and i i don't mean only the religious aspect i mean the relationship with god Mm -hmm. because many people have live religious lives They, they, they 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 eat kosher they keep shabbat they pray but they don't have a connection they don't have the relationship right And uh, for me, that's what I try to bring to everybody. That's what I try to connect people to that relationship with Hashem, to to make Him real in their lives, to make Him relevant, and and to have Him in front of them every day. You know, I I pray to God every day, chapter 27 of the healing, which says, I want to be in your house. I want to dwell in your, I want to walk with you. You know, that's my whole, I think my whole, Uh, fight every day in my life is to be close to Hashem. It's, It's to have Him there always at every instant. Wow, wow.
0: Hey, what are you doing this summer? Would you like to join me and over 70 of the world's most renowned Jewish educators and interesting men and women in Washington, DC for the week or weekend of a lifetime? You can join me at the 14th annual national Jewish retreat at the Marriott Wardham park hotel in Washington, DC from August 13 to 18, 2019. You can come for all of it. You can come for part of it, but the most important part is that you come. You will nourish body and soul in a way you've never experienced before. Check it out at jretreat.com and use the code JLP at checkout to receive a $50 discount. Come by yourself, come with your husband, come with your entire family. There's something for everybody at the National Jewish Retreat. This is the vacation that you deserve this summer. Head over to jretreat.com and receive your special $50 discount by entering the code JLP at checkout. Code expires August 1st, 2019. So that's a perfect segue to my next question. I was going to ask you um, if you have any habits that you practice regularly or daily that helps keep you... I guess grounded and 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 living a less fragmented life, right? Because we all live very fragmented lives. But the purpose of, of of Judaism is to to come to oneness and to have that real relationship with Hashem, of to be present, to be more connected to the essence of who we are. So you mentioned that you do that you say Tehillim chapter twenty seven of Psalms every day. I mean that's that's pretty cool. Um, anything else that keeps you grounded like that? Well,
1: I. I first of all when I wake up the first thing I do is I pray I do mm-hmm. shaharit mm-hmm. and and I think and I put money in a tzedakah box that's the first thing I when I do I wash my hands I come into the kitchen I put uh, money in the tzedakah box and I and I pray I I spend around half an hour praying and that that sets the tone for the whole day it, Because it connects you to the right outlet. And um, I think that helps me a lot. I I do a lot of self-care on myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very disciplined with exercise, uh, with keep looking good, you know, looking the best I can. Because... It's like the spiritual
0: part is getting nourished and also the, the physical part.
1: Yes, because I think the physical is connected to the spiritual. 100%. If you if you don't feel good with yourself, how can you feel good with Hashem or or the rest of the world? Right. right. It has to start with us. So I I, I do every day, I exercise, I, I try to dress nice, I try to be always well put. Um and uh I think that helps me a lot. Because, you know, I don't do it because I'm um I wanna look like a beauty queen, but I do it because I'm I'm, I really am a daughter of God, and God is a king, and the princess should look good. Mm-hmm. you know, not for my glory, for his glory. And uh, everything I do, I always have him first. I, I, I work I have worked in having that in mind every day of my life, that everything I do, every dress I'm gonna buy, every encounter every class like now that you're interviewing me before you called me I was like please please Hashem is first Hashem is first I always try to put him in front and uh and I think that really makes a very big difference in in a person's life because life is not about you anymore it's a higher purpose
0: yes Yes. and and
1: I feel that people what are lacking today is purpose Mm -hmm. people don't have um, a purpose they think they have a purpose but they don't yeah right. and, and and when we live without it then we need to have a purpose and yes. and, the, and the ultimate purpose is god that's it
0: yeah and living for something that's so much greater than ourselves it's just a different it's like you said it before it's and it's an entirely different reality than living a self-serving life. And I I don't really have the words to explain it either, but I I can totally relate to what you're saying.
1: Yes. And every class I post and every Instagram I post, I always, you know, because all these things can get up to your head. Mm -hmm. And so I try to always keep like repeat it on myself. This is for Hashem. This is, I'm taking care of his children. This is Mm -hmm. for his children. And it really puts things in a completely different a place yeah it's a whole different it's a ref, reframing now
0: take me to the habit of prayer because i find that that for me personally has been something that i've had to build over the years and it's it's it hasn't been easy so when you say that you, nowadays i mean you've been in this journey for for decades already you you spent you spend the time and you dive the entire you pray the entire shaharate but i can only imagine that you built up to that or please tell me you did that way,
1: for <laughs> sure no and i tell people when you're gonna start praying start slowly like i i started with the braha the mm-hmm. morning blessings and mm-hmm. shema mm-hmm. and then i started adding the 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 blessings before the shema and then i started adding the 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 amida mm-hmm. and little by little i started incorporating ashrei, and i do the taknun and right. Little by little, I started uh, while I was, you know, it's like when you start going to the gym for -hmm. the first time in your life, you cannot uh, take the heavy weights, you have no strength. So you have to start with the the little weights. And then little by little, you're going to become stronger and stronger. And eventually, you'll be able to, to do more. So with the prayer, is the same. I feel that up till today, it's still a challenge for me. I have to be honest, because the mind wanders.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you're praying and you're thinking about so- other things. So I keep myself very vigilant about that. And every time my, my mind starts to wander again, I start thinking about, I want to be with you, Hashem. I want to be with you, Hashem. And then I go back into my prayer. Mm, I like that. It helps me a lot. And I've had a lot of beautiful moments like that, of, of, of really of connection and feeling the warmth of God with me. I like that. I personally had this very cute
0: interaction. My son was walking out the door this morning, walking to school. So it happened to be that I woke up a little bit later today than usual because my husband tra- traveled and he came in the middle of the night. Um, but usually, us- usually I try to have those moments to myself. Like I really am intentional about waking up before my children so that I actu- I can actually pray in a quiet space, because that helps me with focusing on, you know, it's just very helpful to me. But today, my son was awake when, when I was praying. So he saw me. So as he's walking away, he said, so ma, like you, you've increased, like you, I see that you're praying more. And so I told him like all the different prayers that I'm saying now for Shaharis. He's like, very good, ma, ma, uh-huh. really nice. He was like with a big <laughs> smile. <laughs> oh, wow. And that really creates a very big impact in him. For sure. I think for them to see that they're the adults in their lives, um, are trying and are take this as something so valuable and so precious. I mean, what could be, right? What could
1: be a better yes. example, I yes. guess, right? And, and and you have to be there exactly. What you're going to be, this is what they're going to be. Because you have to show them the way. It's right, not so right. much about what you tell them, it's what you sh- you show them
0: no my kids in terms of that I mean they're everything they know everything they sit, they they teach me tunes they I, I ask them when I'm preparing a class I always go to them can you explain this Rashi to me again or like they're they know they're my you know and, and, and that's just thank God listen I'm giving them a Jewish education they definitely have a lot more skills than I do and I think it's it's built a beautiful relationship that uh you know they know I come to them they come to me for other things and uh that's uh that's part of it that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Margie, you talked about um, you mentioned how prayer is still obviously a little bit challenging and I think by the way it's probably that's why it's called a service of the heart, right? It's 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 a voda, it's service, it's work, right? It it, it is it's something that uh, that that is a struggle for for many of us. Um, is there is there something else that as you did this um transformation in your life over the years you saw as more of a challenge and even perhaps a, a challenge that you you saw that you had the strength to thrive in something that really kind of tested you or kept testing you over time but you really have overcome or you saw that it, it was it was to your benefit any any something that stands
1: out yes um, I think one of the hardest mitzvahs for me was actually to cover my hair And I remember my husband used to look already like a rabbi. He had a beard. (laughs) And I, I still was with my hair uncovered. And I said to him, "You know, you know, I don't think this is gonna be in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I I have allergy. Every time I see a person with a a (gasps) shetel, it itches. I I don't (laughs) know. I see it from like like I could like see them from three blocks away. Um, I have allergy." (laughs) and i had an allergy it really really there was you know and and they say the 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 harder it is for you is because that's exactly what you came to overcome in this world exactly so he said don't worry he's always been so nice and understanding don't worry margie it's not important for me you never cover your hair i'm okay with it it's okay so we went to israel one summer it was 2006 six. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I was in, in Jerusalem, obviously, I went around with a hole with a in my head.
0: Mm-hmm. Like uh, and a scarf.
1: A nice scarf. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were in the, in the Golan Heights that day. And um, the, no, sorry, we were in Metula. Metula is right next to the Lebanon border in a, in a, in a place called Banias, mm-hmm. which is a
0: beautiful waterfall. Yes, yes.
1: And we saw a lot of the uh, action going around, like the IDF and the tanks. And the, we, we didn't know what was going on. And suddenly we're inside of this beautiful place and uh, we hear bombs. Uh-oh. And um, my daughters went crazy. They started running like nuts, like mm-hmm. all over the place. And there was a guy there with the, his family. He says, don't worry, I'm from the army. The, this is Israel shooting uh, um, to the Lebanon. Uh, not not Lebanon shooting to us and we ask him what's going on so he says well they they sh- they shot uh, three soldiers I think it was that morning or something happened and there uh, there's a war it, it just started but don't worry because when the Israel hits Lebanon it sounds like whoo, boom but if it comes this way it's boom so we were like, what are we going to do? So we decided to get in the car and go back to Tiberias. We were staying in Tiberias. And while we're driving, I see the mountains on the right side. They're all burning. <gasps> and I still couldn't, like, come to, to understand what was going on. I thought someone had lit a match and left it there. But it really was that there was a war going on. And we came to the hotel and the the guy in the in the for me this was like surreal. The guy in the in the you know all these hotels have this store, uh, and he was in there and he was so sad and so depressed. And he says, "I cannot believe we're in a war again. We just came out of the Intifadas. Finally, we have tourism again in Israel. Now we're oh. back to this." And everybody was like so depressed and you could see all these uh, tank. Ta- how do you call the los tanques de guerra the tanks
0: yeah the, the the fighter tanks i think the fighter
1: saw. tanks they were coming and they were stopping in the hotel and they were filling them with food it was oh. like surreal really it was surreal so at the end, a friend of mine called me from Tel Aviv and says, Margie, the news, because we were looking at CNN and this, and we didn't have like, we didn't know what to do. We were going to go to Tzfat for Shabbat. And she says, definitely don't go to Tzfat. Come back to Jerusalem. This is going to get very bad. So we came back to Jerusalem and this, this, that Shabbat, I had the most eerie, scariest experience in my whole life. We were in the hotel, and the. the the sky was red. I, I don't understand. It was red, and everybody was crying. It was horrendous. And every time the 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 the, the Arabs, when they kill a, a Jew, uh-huh. they fireworks. So there was a lot of fireworks going on. So oh my every- God! Hysterical crying because everybody understood what was going on. And I went to the wall and I cried and I cried. And I'm talking to you and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> And I said to Hashem, you know what Hashem? I know it's very hard for me, but if I can do one thing for Israel and the Jewish people, I'm going to put on my shetzel. Wow. And I just need you to give me the strength and help me do it because I cannot do it. So we went back to Miami a few days later and there were a lot of the healing groups going on everywhere. And I remember I used to go with my, with my tittle in the, in the bag in my purse. And every time I would go to one of these healing groups, I would take it out and put it on and pray. And then I take it off. And then- <laughs> the, 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 the scarf <laughs> the goes fuck? in the back out of the back. You know? <laughs> and then it's, uh, it's gonna it's gonna, that it's, it's almost a lul almost a month of a lul, And I said, Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm gonna put on a shatel. I called my Reviton. And I said to her, I'm ready for the Shatel, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover my hair. And she said, You're crazy. I said, No, I know. I'm crazy. <laughs> But I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, I, 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 there's no, I have to do it. So her daughter used to sell shaitos from, from uh, California. It was not like today that you have all these shaitos everywhere. Right, it was right. very not easy to find a shaito. What year is what this, year? by the way, Margie? 2006. Uh-huh. And uh, so she sent me two shaitos and I put one of them on and it was exactly like my hair. Mm. And so my Rebetzin took me to the Shetel Maher, she, she fixed it a little bit, she washed it, she combed it, whatever, I came out with the sheitel on my head. It was Rosh Hode Shelul. and she said to me, you know what, this is not an easy mitzvah, wear it in your house, put it on on Shabbat, little by little, you'll get used to it. I put it on and I never took it off. Mm. It, that night, I'm looking at the sheitel and what do I see? I see lice. The Shatel is full of lies. What? I almost died. And I started crying. And I told my husband, look at this, look at this. It, the Shatel is full of lies. I don't understand. So I put it into a steep block, and I and I went to sleep, to sleep crying that night. Like I couldn't stop crying. I was like, I don't understand. Why doesn't Hashem want my mitzvah? Why is he doing this for me, to me? I'm doing <laughs> this for him. Like I, don't, I was so upset. And then... The next day, I'm wait- I woke up, and I'm waiting for a normal, decent hour to call the, the, the Reviton and tell her what happened. And I call her up, and I said, look what happened to my Shaito. And she says, and she starts laughing. She says, oh, Margie, they all come with lies. Don't worry. We'll get it cleaned again. What? And she, was so- she said, thank God, thank God. She was so happy. She- I said, why are you so happy? She says, I'm so relieved. And I say, why are you relieved? She says, because this mitzvah, I know it was a very hard mitzvah for you, but it was so not, 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 uh, it was not hard for you. It was like you put it on and it's like you had it in your head all your life and there was like no effort into it. I was very worried. It didn't give me a good feeling. Like no obstacles came along. Yeah, it didn't give me a good feeling. It didn't give me, I came home and I was very distraught. I said to the rabbi, I don't like it. There's something wrong here. (laughs) <laughs> now you call me you tell me that the sheitle is full of life. I'm so happy because now it's a true mitzvah wait let's so- get something
0: straight is the rabbits in Sephardic
1: <laughs> no no she's
0: bad. Oh, okay that's funny okay
1: that's funny, this is a funny story she said. like all my life I was like I have allergy towards, uh, towards, the, towards the shackles, and now I'm wearing one, and I'm happy with it. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Right, 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 right. But, uh, but really, the strength came from God, because I asked him to help me and, um, and overcome everything that comes with it, no? I was very worried what my mother-in-law was going to say, what my daughters were going to say, what my friends were going to say. So at the end of the day, like people were like, oh, we were waiting for you to do this so many years ago. I, I don't know what took you so long, you know? Really? Yeah. Uh, really? So that's my Shato story.
0: For, and- the, for the record, I just don't want to scare listeners away. I, I personally had never he- heard of like lice and shaitos being a common thing. <laughs>
1: you know what? nowadays you don't get that because nowadays the hair doesn't come from india it's Mm -hmm. prohibited Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in those days the hair came from these places
0: yes yes you're right you're right
1: is european hair which is a different quality different everything right but it seems that in those days it was very common
0: right 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 all right margie let's do some jlp fill in the blanks shall we sure All right. I'm Margie Scherer, and I feel most spiritual when? I'm going against my nature. Ooh, sounds like you. Yes. (laughs) My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is? I love making challah. I do too. I really enjoy it, actually.
1: I love it. It's like
0: one, it's like my
1: date with God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? My fondest Jewish memory is when my grandmother used to light Shabbat candles with my mom and I would stand right next to them. Oh, that's so nice. Today I have her, I, today I, I have her candelabra, my grandmother's. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Something I wish
0: I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Everything.
1: <laughs>
0: when I give tzedakah, I like to give too.
1: I'd like to give to empowering people to be closer to God. Mm. Education, I guess. Beautiful. Finally,
0: I'm Margie Scherer, and today I'm most grateful for... This interview. Aww. Margie Scherer, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure, such a fun conversation. I'm so happy that we got to connect. We definitely have a lot in common. And uh, our dear mutual friend, Nikki Schreiber, who introduced us, although we had connected previously through the internet, uh, was right on point when she, she called me one day. She said, I met this teacher and she reminds me she's just like you. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's really a very big compliment for, <laughs> for me, <laughs> Margie, share everybody. Go head over to livealittlehigher.com and check out all that beautiful, incredible content. I have been, I've been taking it all in. You really are going to enjoy it, and of course, you can find her on Instagram at livealittlehigher. Margie, thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Thanks to Margie Shara for stopping by. You can find Margie at livealittlehigher.com and on Instagram at livealittlehigher. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. How did you like going over the 100th episode hump with another Jewish Latin princess? I personally loved it. If you like this episode and if you're new to the show, well, first of all, welcome. And of course, head over to iTunes rate and review section to leave your rating. That is the best way to let iTunes know that this is a high quality show so that it recommends it to Jewish women looking for good content on their platform and speaking of iTunes I've been itching for a while to have another show so maybe we'll discuss that but don't worry I'm not going anywhere we're still here and on that note if you know of a uniquely talented Jewish woman whom you'd like me to interview on the show please let me know I'm always open to suggestions yael at jewish latin princess or you can head over to the website where you can contact me and access all the shows as well as new blog posts and leave a question for ask yael that's also that's also something I'm looking for The reviews on those are great, so we want to keep having them, but I need your questions. Let me know what's on your mind, and I'll give it my best shot, I promise. I hope you're having a great day, and I wish you a wonderful week.
1: Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love.